So something very exciting happened today. Ooh. Uh, Roxy Rivera, who was an actress who worked with us on our short film, The Local, mm-hmm. which is on Apple TV, by the way. Uh, she made her debut on The Righteous Gemstones. Great show. She was cast in season three of The Righteous Gemstones. She's yes. going to be in a few episodes, to my knowledge. And uh, future editing Dalton, now's your chance to put in some pictures uh, of her time on the show. And uh, listen, she is an incredible actress. She, when she showed up on our set, she was so good that we were all like, oh, fuck, we need to like step up our shit. <laughs> because <laughs> we can't we, have this Mickey Mouse operation. Yeah, on we've, we've clearly stepped into waters that are above our territory here. We need to really uh, bring it up and get to her level here. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, she's an amazing person. She's an amazing human being, an incredible actress. She deserves all the success that she has and that's coming to her. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to shout her out here on the show and uh, let her know how proud we are of her and how amazing she is. And please watch The Righteous Gemstones if you're not watching it. And look out for Roxy. It's a fantastic show. Yes. yes. And I'm now going to play a little clip that has her in it. Enjoy. That is suggestion box comments. Well, the issue is simple. We do not feel safe with the assistant youth pastor. We heard he's a devil worshiper. See, that's false. All right? Fake news. No, Keith is an ex-Satan worshiper. I don't judge people's past. I used to sell fireworks on the side of the road. But I don't want him influencing our children. You don't have to worry about Keith around children. Congratulations, Roxy. You are amazing. And now we're going to dive into the main topic of our show. Uh, with the main topic of our show, we give you a big movie news story. Then we move on to the B-roll, which is other titles happening in the world of movies that we kind of dive into a little bit. And then we move on to the box office. But first, the big story. The yes. story that happened the day our last episode aired. Because which, they always do. Because it always happens <laughs> yep. where we record a bunch of shit. And then the day of that our show comes out, bigger news happens. So it's a week late. Sorry, we have full-time jobs. David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnahan have been cast as Superman, Clark Kent, and Lois Lane for James Gunn's Superman movie, Superman Legacy. Coming in 2025. Yes, and I said it on the show that it was going to be those two. You did. And I would like to remind the audience, Nick and I were the only two people in our group who went to go see Pearl in theaters and when David Cornsweet came on screen, I leaned over to Nicholas and said, that guy would be a good Superman. First thing I said. Before he even acted. Before he even spoke. He saw an attractive guy with black hair and blue eyes and was, was like, like, that's a Superman. <laughs> I see a guy with a cleft chin and I'm like, you should be Batman. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> that's, that's what the Hollywood casting agencies think too. You should go to casting. I sh- we should. <laughs> we should go into casting. But uh, but no, um, there was a lengthy um, audition process v- with a ton of people involved. Um, somebody check on Nicholas Holt. Uh, I'm sure he's he's okay. That's what, the third comic book role he's lost out on? I he, think so. He could just simply come back as Beast. He I, could would, s- I would welcome this. He could simply be Lex Luthor, which I'm going to get into in uh-huh. here in just a minute. Yeah, we'll go into that. But... Um, Let's talk about the main two. Yes, I'm going to pull from Hollywood Reporter really quick. Uh, James Gunn has found his Superman and Lois Lane. After a lengthy search, David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnahan will star in Superman Legacy, the film that will launch DC's new universe under writer-director James Gunn and his DC Studios co-boss, Peter Safran. Cornsweet and Brosnahan were among six actors who vied for the lead roles. There was Those were the finalists. Mm-hmm. With Gunn filming screen tests over June 17th weekend with Nicholas Holt and Tom Brittany, also a contention to play Superman Clark Kent, along with Emma Mackey and Phoebe Denover. Diane Ver, I think. Diane Ver, sorry if I say that wrong, in the running for reporter Lois Lane. So, 
As you heard, the finalists for excuse me for the role were um, Tom Brittany, Nicholas Holt, and David Cornsweet. Cornsweet winning the role of those three, and Emma Mackey, Phoebe um, Denover, and Rachel Brosnahan for Lois Lane. Yes. Um, which is funny because I think Cornsweet was paired up with Mackey first. Yeah. And Nicholas Holt was with Brosnahan. Yes. So you can tell both of those were people were really close on getting those roles. I guess just the chemistry between the two is what nailed it. Mm-hmm. I've also heard from several different trades. I think it was, I forget if it might have been Variety or Deadline, but apparently Brosnahan shot to number one because apparently of the just original audition tape stage, she had, of every actor auditioning for every role in the movie, she had the best audition tape from what I have heard. Interesting. Pulling okay. from like Variety and Deadline and things like that. I, I don't think I could go into casting like that side of filmmaking just because whenever I see these audition tapes, I can't mm-hmm. I can't vision. Yeah. I'm just like this is a person standing in front of a blank wall yeah. with echoey audio. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I highly recommend everyone watch Tom Holland's video audition for Spider Man. Yeah. Not his screen tests with where he was actually on a real set, but the video he sent in mm-hmm. for Spider Man. It's hilarious. Yeah. But um you know that, and something that I dislike about the audition process mm-hmm. is very rarely do they give direction. Like they basically, what they're looking for is does this actor's instincts align with my instincts, which to me is not always the best indicator of auditioning. But that's just a problem I have with the industry as a whole, not this specifically. <laughs> so let's not dwell on that. Yeah. But um. But yeah. So listen, I think Corin Smith's a great actor. He was great in Pearl. From what I haven't seen Hollywood, apparently he's great in it. Mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna check the show out now. I know that a lot of people when he was cast clips from hollywood are what have been circulating most okay. about like yeah that's clark ken just mm-hmm. like scenes of him doing that mm-hmm. i haven't seen anyone go for pearl but that's fine yeah yeah right I- i'd like to imagine james gunn watched david corn sweat and uh, pearl get stabbed and be like that's my superman that's him um rachel brosnahan i've never personally watched marvelous miss Maisel, but you have yes i am a little bit into season four and you think she's a good choice yeah, I think she's a fantastic actress. I mean, even going back to the House of Cards days. Yes, oh, true. She was great in that. Yeah, fantastic. I can't recall seeing her in like a movie, especially as like the lead in a movie. She's obviously the lead in Miss Maisel and crushes mm-hmm. it. So I'm curious to see kind of that transition as well. Also, what's also most interesting to me is if you look at Pearl and if you look at Hollywood and if you look at Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, they're all period time period pieces. I don't know when Hollywood takes place, but Pearl, uh, Maisel's in the 30s. So I'm wondering, like, when I think of these two actors now, I have this sort of era in mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if it will be a modern Superman. It'll be modern. You think it'll be modern? Yes. Well, like, it doesn't need to be, like, modern, modern, but, like, a timeless. They go for he, that kind of timeless He's feel. doing a whole universe. That's fair. You know, you think that's going to be consistent across every single project? Yeah, why not? No. Why not? It won't be. But so I think that might take some adjustment because I think I'm going to go in wanting her to be doing Maisel because I think I could see you have the Maisel that, like, character yeah. transitioning well to a mm-hmm. Lois Lane type. But seeing that might take a minute. But errors aside, I think they're both fantastic actors. Yeah. Yeah, the hiccups are, bud. Yeah, I got the hiccups. Sorry. Jeez. <laughs> I'm, to, I'm just trying to fight it. <laughs> You're good. Boo. <laughs> but uh, uh but, but yeah, yeah no, fantastic choices i think and like you, you mentioned brosnahan not leading a movie fucking corn starts making a huge career jump yeah. good for that guy i mean she probably has i i, I should yeah. i should clarify nothing that i have 
have seen, but I yeah. know she was in what twenty episodes of House of Cards, which was yeah, one of and she was series. great. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it looks like she was in the Finest Hours. I never saw you saw that. I did. Oh my god, that was her in it. <laughs> yeah, she's good. Yeah, so I, I know that. I think Basil has taken a lot of her time recently. Yeah, so and um, I'm all for it though. And also, listen, I would not be surprised if Emma Mackey and Nicholas Holt and maybe Tom Brittany and Phoebe end up getting roles in the movie. Because we've seen that time and time again with auditions. You know, Tom Hiddleston auditioned for Thor and got Loki. Um, Killian Murphy auditioned for Batman, got Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Would not shock me if Nicholas Holt auditions for Superman and gets Lex Luthor. Well, even just the greater universe. Yeah, for know. sure. There's so many roles. Uh, we know from the Hollywood Reporter that the Authority, some of the members of the Authority are going to be in the movie. Yeah, Those are prime for the taking. Um, I, I also think they haven't cast Jimmy Olsen. I'm... Very curious as to who they're going to cast as Jimmy Olsen. Do you think they're going to do Jimmy Olsen? They don't like to do Jimmy Olsen. They're going to do Jimmy Olsen. I'm confident that they're going to do Jimmy Olsen. We got a good Jimmy Olsen. I love the original Jimmy Olsen a lot from the the 78 Superman. Mm -hmm. I love that Jimmy Olsen. But um, I'm I'm excited for the movies. Um, I'm glad they're taking a year off to kind of get rid of the the box office failures that have been coming out this year. Mm -hmm. But um, I also just watched Man of Steel the other night. We did. Fucking love that movie. No. And I'm a bit sad. I want to go into what you just said about Nicholas Holt and Lex a bit, because mm-hmm. I also saw some other stuff where they were saying that there were two yeah, s- yeah. two scars guards mm-hmm. up for the role. Yeah. What are your what are your thoughts on that as well? I think they would all be great. Yeah. I think if you cast any one of those people, they'd be great. Uh I had recently binge watched all of Succession and Alexander Skarsgard is in uh, I believe like ten episodes and something, and he plays this kind of tech billionaire very menacing dude shave his head i'm on board <laughs> out of out of honestly out of all three nicholas holt alexander skarsgård and um bill 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 skarsgård no he's skarsgård isn't he no they're brothers they're brothers yeah i would take alex ander personally okay hey i think that all three would be great but you're pro you're pro nicholas holt i just want him to win i love that guy <laughs> you know I, i'd be interested to see him do a really hey, menacing villain turn you like say that. there's other roles in the you open in the universe yeah what did he not get that's open in this universe batman Ooh, which Batman was he up for? Pattinson. He was second place. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. I thought it was for the Bale era. No, they both screen tested. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's been missing out by that much. I don't know how I about that. Matt Reeves thinks it'd be great, then so do I. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I support that. But hey, he, maybe he's James Gunn's Batman. Yeah, if- Yep, I guess we don't know the movie, the script. I don't. I I can't. I don't. I don't see the vision. I but. think the Batman he's going to choose is around Ben Affleck's age. Yeah, you think he's going to go older, Batman? Yeah. I and I will say the ages Just of make it Ben Affleck. The, yeah, thank you. Yes, the ages of Corn Sweat and Brosnahan show me that um they he have, they have a specific plan because Corn Sweat's around the same age Cavill was when he was cast, like mm-hmm. twenty eight, twenty nine, and um Brosnahan's thirty three, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that they want to get at least, like, 10 years out of them. And I think that that's why they're going back to around this age. I mean, that would make sense. You need the longevity with yeah. the universe. Of course, yeah. Just... And um, so it would be interesting to see that play out. Um, what I'm interested in is the authority being in the movie, which means that we're going super in a world where, with Superman where there are already superheroes. Yeah. So I'm curious how that's going to play out. I can imagine that just being a tail end of, like, hey... 
<laughs> you know. Superman versus the boys, basically. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I'm i excited for the movie. Yeah. I think it's great casting, and I'm looking forward to seeing what else goes on. Would it be funny if David Zaslav sold Warner Brothers halfway through production? Yeah, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> so, but so I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, man. Um, you know, we just got to watch Blue Beetle and Aquaman lose money and then wait a year and we got this movie. <laughs> God, with the Flash, honestly, do, do you just, what do you do? Do you get the tax write-off? I don't know. I mean, I like the Flash movie. Yeah. Unmitigated disaster for No, Warner but that's Brothers. what I'm saying. Regardless of liking it or not, it comes down to the dollar. And yeah. The last three have not made the dollar. No. They haven't even made their money back. And no. with that, is Aquaman and Blue Beetle going to make, you know, Listen, you have to release Blue Beetle already. There's I already think, trailers. I think Blue Beetle's going to do not it's it's not going to do financially well for its budget. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be the most profitable of the ones they put out. Well, Cuz that was made for Max. So that's yeah. going to have kind of a smaller yeah. budget there. Mm-hmm. Aquaman might be a disaster. Aquaman might be worse than Flash like money-wise. Money-wise, yeah. Do you just scrap it? I don't know because overseas is where Aquaman really shined box office-wise. Yeah, but how's the, yeah, but the Flash is doing well overseas, is it? Yeah, exactly. But like, but Aquaman made a billion dollars. Yeah, you know that was the only DCEU movie to make a billion dollars. That's fair. So we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Hey, I didn't think Flash was gonna make this little money. So yep. So there's that. But uh, but yeah, that was our main topic for you guys today. Sorry that it's a week late. It just happens with how stories go. Watch. The day this episode airs, we're going to get some banger news that we can't cover. And Nicholas Holt cast is Batman for Brave and Bold. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, but yes, uh, with that down, we're now going to move on to the B-roll section of our show. Nicholas, what you got up on the B-roll? Our first B-roll. Uh, Donald Glover is officially confirmed to be in the Community movie. I know that it had some delays with the writer's strike and everything that was going on, and it was always up in the air from the start if Donald Glover would be involved. Uh, he is, and the plan right now is for the movie to shoot next summer. So six seasons and a movie, finally. SAG's going to strike, and they're not going to be able to shoot it. <laughs> uh, don't you put that on me. Don't you put that on me. Yes, yes. Tron 3 is a movie that is still happening for mm-hmm. some reason. Yep. I You know you know what? Actually, I've never seen a Tron movie. I like them. Yeah? Yeah. I was texting someone. I can't remember who it was um, about it. And they said, wait, what's the second Tron? <laughs> Um, I guess just because it's a legacy sequel, right? Yeah. Legacy. yeah. Anyway, uh, they're rounding out their cast, joining Jared Leto in Tron 3. We now have Evan Peters, as well as Greta Lee from uh, Past, Past Lives, Lives which yeah. we just saw. Get that money, girl. She was fantastic in Past Lives. Get I that don't money. know if this is the right next move, but it's Get a move. Get that money. I understand. Fair. Yeah. Our last B-roll, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is in talks to license HBO original content series to netflix uh in talks to is confirmed because i believe at the time of recording that happened today yeah insecure i believe is now insecure on netflix is now on netflix the yeah. HBO original series and, and that's zaslav again just going back to the old ways of licensing out content because it's one of the only ways you can really make a penny on streaming yeah and uh, there's, i'm actually going to throw in a uh, one more b-roll go on um the sag aftra and their communications with the studios on whether or not they're going to strike or not the contract expired on the 30th of June, but they've extended the deadline to make a deal to July... Tw- I'm going to say it's July 12th. Oh, I didn't see that. Something like that, uh-huh. yeah. So they, while the no deal has been met and the contract is expired, yeah. they've said that they're going to extend the talks to July 12th. And this comes on the heels of a lot of actors signing a letter to SAG, to the SAG president, saying, please do not compromise too hard for us. Like, we will strike if we have to. Yeah. And 
on the heels of that, the talks have been extended. So, so they have until then to reach a new deal. It yeah. may get extended again, yeah. or it may just if it's not July twelfth and it's a different date in July. Correct me in the comments, but for some reason, July twelfth is like sticking me out. There. Yeah, yeah, July. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's it for the B-roll this week. Kind of a slow news week. Yeah, it was. It was. And, you know, with the B-roll out of the way, we now have to move on to the box office. The box office. Listen, guys, if I don't say it like that, I'll die. So, uh, Nicholas Irecchio, will you pull up our uh, predictions from last week? Yes. Uh, Dalton, you had Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Elemental, No Hard Feelings, and Transformers. Okay. I had Indiana Jones across uh, Dial of Destiny across the Spider Verse, Elemental, No Hard Feelings, and The Flash. I was wrong by a hundred thousand dollars. Ooh! So coming in first was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. By the way, these are the final Monday numbers. We're recording on a Monday. All right. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny made sixty point three million dollars in its opening weekend. Uh, for how much it costs to make, that's not great. But we'll get into that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Elemental only dropped 34% from week two to week three, making $12.1 million coming in second. 12.3? 12.1. 12. 12.1, sorry. Coming in third, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Burse with 12. 100,000. We, we were off. Uh, no Hard Feelings came in fourth, making $7.8 million, a 48% drop from week one to two, which is great for R-rated comedy. Yeah. And coming in fifth, Transformers Rise of the Beast, making another $7.3 million. All right. Other box office things to just point out. Um, the Teenage Kraken movie, a Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken, opened yes. sixth with $5.5 million. The Flash dropped all the way to eighth with $5.2 million. <laughs> the Little Mermaid made more than The Flash last weekend. God damn. And Asteroid City dropped to ninth, but for a Wes Anderson movie, it's already made almost $30 million worldwide. That's so, amazing. That for, for Wes Anderson, it truly, truly is. Uh, but let's dive into these numbers, shall we? Let's do it. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Worldwide has only made $129 million so far and a budget of around three hundred. Hmm, It's not going to make that money back. Nope. Uh, it's made 0. .4 times its budget at the moment. It's definitely going to be a money loser. The question now is just how much money will it lose? We'll have to see how it holds throughout the summer, but with Arp Oppenheimer and Barbie and all Mission Impossible, all these movies coming out, I highly doubt it will stay up there. Man, the buzz really deflated after Cannes. Mm -hmm. Like, people were amped for that movie, and then Cannes just... And I don't think it's that bad, by the way. Um, Elemental came in second. Its box office total right now is $187 million worldwide on a budget of 200 so it's made almost one times its budget back. Mm -hmm. um, not quite the disaster we thought it would be from its opening weekend because it stuck around in the box office top five. And we're going to have to see how those legs continue on throughout the summer because the Teenage Kraken movie is the only other movie, kids movie out right now. So we're going to have to just kind of see how that goes. Mm -hmm. uh, coming in third, Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse, which now has made $607 million worldwide. Six times its budget. Hell That's yeah. shmoney. By the way, that third one is so getting delayed. Oh, it's not even. It's funny. so getting delayed. 2026, you think? No, no, I think five. five. Late, late five. Though. Probably late five. Late five. Yeah. Oof. Um, no Hard Feelings uh, was has made almost $50 million worldwide. Good for them. Holy shit, on a budget of 45 Hey, they made 1.1 times their budget. They're on. They're on. The, they're on their way to profitability. Do, they get, do you think it'll clear? I don't think it'll clear. Maybe not with the summer movies coming out, but yeah. I think with how R-rated comedy movies have been doing, take this as a win. 
take this as an absolute well, win. I, I was gonna bring it out because I actually saw no hard. I saw no hard. Feelings. Oh yeah, right, right. Uh, here's the thing. It's good. I'll do a quick recap now. Uh, it was good. Uh, I think Joyride is what's gonna solidify if Joyride's as good as the upcoming like things have been saying because this yeah. is a great win with no hard. Feelings. Yeah, yeah. It's not gangbusters, but it's a step in the right direction. I think if Joyride comes in with all the buzz it has, and if it knocks it out of the park, I think we're gonna start seeing more. I would love to see the return of the mid-budget comedy because and if both because strays, strays yeah, might yeah. be up in the air. I'm dodgy on it. Me too. But both about my father and the machine didn't do as well as they would hope it would. Yeah, but. I would love to see the mid-budget comedy return. Absolutely. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beast now has a worldwide box of a total of $379 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's made 1.9 times back. I think it might squeak its way to profitability. It's not going to be in the top five after next week, but we'll have to see. Do people still account for VOD sales toward like that? Not nearly as much as they used to. Okay. Because it used to be DVD sales. You, you could have Second Life. Yeah. And make like half of what your box office made. That just doesn't happen anymore. No. You're, you maybe get another $5 million. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a whole other thing with Universal going on. Universal has made a ton of money on PVOD, which is a fascinating thing that I might try to make a separate video at one point because that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But with that exception aside, nowadays you don't see it a lot. So you're not going to see Transformers get to that with just VOD? No. Okay. So it hasn't made as much as Bumblebee yet. Which is 465 is how much Bumblebee made. Mm-hmm. But we'll see if it can get there. It might. That's kind of just a possibility. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of our dive for the current numbers. I'll do Teenage Kraken. It's made 12 million worldwide so far. We support animation here. Yeah, so let, let me let me see how much it was made for. Because I doubt it was Gangbusters. Yeah, Teenage Kraken was made on a budget of 70. It's made 12. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Now, that on PVOD, animated films do decently well. Mm-hmm. Not enough to save your movie, but better than most. I'll do a little bit of a deep dive into Indiana Jones. So, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull had a opening of $100.1 million in 2008. That was a sizable gap between three and four, too, right? Yeah. So that, that, three, that was coming off of Ocean Indy's back. Yeah, yeah. That was some hype around Ocean Indiana Jones's back, and it made $786 million worldwide respectable yeah and uh let's go back to the beginning shall we raiders of the lost ark had a box office opening weekend of eight million dollars it dropped three percent in weekend two twelve percent to weekend three increased four percent to week four dropped 16 to week five increased five percent to week six dropped six percent to week seven eleven ten it's like that Oh, my God. Like, that's how it made a lot of its money. Worldwide, it made $367 million, but it was made on a budget of 20 It made 18.4 times its budget back. Hell, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom was made on a budget of $28 million, and it opened to $25 million and then dropped 35 27 2015, 26 Still had good drops. Uh, made $333 million worldwide. And that is about 11.9 times as budget. You could say it was successful. Just a little bit. Squeaked, really squeaked in there at the last Yeah, second. yeah. And then Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was made on a budget of $48 million. And it opened to $37 million, dropped in the 40s and 20s after that, and made a worldwide total of $474 million made 
9.9 times his budget back. About 10 times his budget back. Money. Shmoney, 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 shmoney. Not shmoney. It's <laughs> <laughs> the, the trend we're seeing with Indiana Jones right now. But, but yeah, that is the past and present of Indiana Jones. Hella profit margins. Not so much this time around. So before we move on, uh, do you want to do predictions for next week? Let's do it. What comes out? Anything coming out with Joyride or is it just Joyride? Let me in? see here. Oh, Insidious 5. Ooh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> I've heard it has not been getting... No, but it's a horror film, and it it's is. a cheap horror film. It's a horror film, it's a cheap horror film. And listen, I'm, I want to see Joyride. That's what we have tickets for. Patrick Wilson directed it. I, I'm going to go watch I gotta it. i got to go support Patrick Wilson. Uh, we have if, to. Even if it's bad, i got to go We love it. Patrick Wilson. We, we just do. That's He's, the law. That's, that's the rule. just a fact. Yeah. So let's dive into predictions here. Yes. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go bold, Nicholas. Hit me with it. I'm going to go, coming in first place next week, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Okay. Coming in second, Joyride. Ooh. Coming in third, Insidious 5. I might regret that. Coming in fourth, fuck it, Elemental. It's been proving me wrong this whole time. Elemental coming in fourth and uh, Spider-Verse fifth. All right. You know what? I will. I was actually thinking the same thing. But Are that, you going to flip that's Insidious? That's no fun, so I'll go Insidious 5. Uh, th- that might be right. But here's the thing about it, though. I have seen a lot more Positive. advertisement. Just marketing in general for True. Joyride. True. So that could really give it an edge. Yeah. But So I will do Indie, Insidious, Joyride, Elemental, Spider-Verse. Same thing, just flip it for giggles. I do think that Joyride might squeak out above it, though. But we'll see. Well, actually, I think I saw tracking earlier. Insidious was hovering at 20. Really? And Good I, for that movie. And I don't know what Joyride is tracking. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll have to see. I don't know if it's 20. What did No Hard Feelings open up to? 15. Oh, that's so th- close. This could get nutty. Yeah. This could get nutty. I'm in- intrigued to see. Damn, that's good. Speaking of No Hard Feelings, though, I did manage to catch it this weekend. If I could do a little, yeah, this yeah, little go, review yeah, go ahead, go it. ahead. Um, a little mini review. No spoilers. I'll just give some general thoughts. It is solid. I think I ended up giving it three stars. It is, you know, as far as these mid budget comedies come, I like it more than About My Father, which we saw. And what mm-hmm. was the other one you just named? The right Machine. Before? The Machine I did not see, unfortunately. Not yet. Oh, I will the moment um, I hit streaming. But the, I know that No Hard Feelings has done very well with the boxes so far. People seem to be liking it, especially the raunchy R rating of it. Uh, as with most comedies, there's some iffy stuff in there, just plot wise. And you've seen the trailers. Um, and. You know, as with most comedies, jokes don't land, jokes land. Uh, The highest praise I can give the movie is that the two lead actors, Jennifer Lawrence and Andrew Bart Feldman, I believe his name is, are 100% committed to this movie. They are giving it all. They are not phoning it in. They are going to extremes, if you've seen the movie. Uh, And they are fully invested in it, and you can tell. And I think that also is what makes the movie works. Because you've seen the trailers, you see how outlandish Jennifer Lawrence is getting in this movie. He's matching it, and that's not really in the trailers that much. Mm-hmm. And it just, their chemistry works really well. A question for you. I know comparison is the thief of joy, but mm-hmm. I have to ask. This or Good Boys from the director? Ooh. 
Do you think they're kind of on the same playing field? Honestly, I think from a filmmaking standpoint, like technical, yeah. this one. Okay. Jennifer Lawrence crushes it. Yeah. I think consistently laughing good boys. Okay. That's fair. I gotcha. Yeah. But there were some shots and some filmmaking stuff in this. I'm like, why are they doing this here? <laughs> like this. I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. 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 But nice, nice. All right, yeah, I'll have to check it out this yeah, week. Definitely. Nice little mini review there, bud. Hey, did you rate it on Letterboxd yet? Uh, yeah, I think I said three stars. Nice, nice. Let not me confirm. I want to. I do want to confirm his name just because I will feel bad. Of if course, I get it right. of course. Andrew Barth Feldman. I was okay. Right. There A-O. you go. Ayo. Uh, All right, I'm going to try to check it out, if not tonight, sometime tomorrow. I got a lot of movies to catch up on, dude. Yeah, what do you got? So for the audience, I'm trying to watch 100 new releases this year. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm on pace to only hit about 80. Uh, yeah, and with that, that's the show, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. I've been Dalton Burdett. I've been Nick Arikia. We'll see you next week. Bye.